Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. My name is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Okay, so the title for today is... um, we're essentially we're just gonna kind of recap uh, the first couple of months of the year here, and we are going to ask some questions about whether or not we should make any changes. Right? Obviously, every time we have a bear market, um, you know, we start to get questions about people's financial future. Right? Your 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 retirement, your college. There's there's lots that is wrapped up in the value of your investments. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through some questions. Well, we'll first, we'll start off with a recap of uh, sort of where we are with uh, with various markets. Uh, we, we're through a couple of quarters here in 2022. We'll go through some numbers just to set the stage. And then we'll go through some, uh, some big picture questions about, hey, what should I do? Should I change anything regarding my investment strategy? Yeah, and the big picture stuff is something we don't often talk about here. So we'll take some some time here to get a little global on things and yeah. how, 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 not only just what markets do, but how how this is that a joke? I thought you always say you're the big picture guy. Well, I am the big picture guy, but but now we're going to do a little bit of a show on it to try to expand in terms of what it means for people's lives going through recessions and high interest yeah. rates and inflation and all that other good stuff. So so we, yeah yeah we'll do the market thing. So That's right. We, yeah, we don't yeah big big economic picture maybe is the best right. Yeah, so we we do the big picture with regard to people's lives a yeah. lot, but not necessarily always. Yeah, so um, I, I sent you my thoughts on this radio show. You rearranged them, prettied them up, and so, okay, where, where do you want to start here with, with this? Well, let's start with... Um all right. So let me, let's, you know, I, I just wanted to go through kind of where we are and, and I, I guess set the stage for why people might be asking these questions. Right. So everybody yeah. knows, right. We all, we all uh, follow the news. It's, it's hard to, you know, anytime we have lousy stock markets, uh, it is broadcast and in your face, uh, pr- you know, practically 24 seven. So uh, let's just set the stage here. We, we have made it through the first, uh, the first half of 2022 and I just want to sort of take stock of kind of where where the various markets are and, and why we're um, you know why we're talking about uh, you know the, the issues in the market so um, just you know we'll go through them in brief uh, the S&P 500 uh, which is I would say that when when people talk about the market you generally speaking they're referring to the S&P 500 um, it is down so far year to date uh, just under 20%. So I got 19.74% to the negative uh, for the year. And by the way, the day before yesterday was 20.6% and we were officially in a bear market. So things things can change in a day, right? Does that mean we're out of a bear market now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. For the the day. I've never spent all that much time. Yeah, Yeah, we talk about long-term investing. For the day, we're out of the bear market. Yeah, maybe maybe on Tuesday we'll be back. And and, and by the that's part of the big picture. We we view things in way too short of a time frame to give them some real perspective, but that's that's another story. Right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is yeah, for us. This is um, generally speaking, and usually with our clients, we're mostly 
reporting on you know a, a 12-month time frame as our shortest. Although this year, I, I've, I've been showing people kind of year to date because the the top of the market pretty much corresponds with the um, the end of the year. Yeah. So it just yeah. it was sort of strange how it worked out that way. So um, you know, just sort of illustrating what's happening and and you know how how things uh, how things go in a down market in various yeah. portfolios. So we're almost in a bear market there year to date. Almost the in a bear market. Right. Maybe I bet Got you that. I bet you we are still in a bear market. My guess is the definition says one. Once you hit down 20, you're there until something else happens that, that involves you um, maybe climbing up. But who knows? That sounds like know. a negative take on it, but that's okay. I We're guess not. A, a bear market's <laughs> a negative take anyway, right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and I guess this way they would get more headlines <laughs> if, uh, you know, if they if they go in and out of yeah. a bear market yeah. all the time. Got so. it. Got it. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, it's it's uh, surprisingly, and I, I know you don't, you're not on the Zoom anymore, so I won't. Uh, I, I, won't I actually am. I can actually see you and all that good stuff. We, oh, you can. It was all me. Right, so I, I'll, I, I'll share muted. my screen in case you're curious. Yeah, I muted, um, but, I muted so, my screen and no more echoes. Son of a gun, you know? Most of the... <laughs> Most of the I knew I knew the problem was on your end. <laughs> Tim, just remember that next time. It's always it's always Mike when it's a computer issue. There you go. Um, so, the major stock markets of the world. Oh no, I can't share my screen because the ho- who's the host? Oh man, it's WATD. Anyway, I'll, I won't bother then. Um, the major stock markets of the world are all are all fairly close, right? The one the, the big ones that we report on uh, the MSCI EFE. Uh, E-A-F-E, European Australasian Far East Index. That's mostly the developed world, X the United States. Um, just so happens to be down uh, 21%, 21.5%. And then the uh, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index uh, down 19.41%. So the, you know, the, I would say the three major stock markets of the world, if you, you know, if you uh, are regionalizing them as opposed to going country by country, are all down right about 20% for the yeah. year. Yeah, from, Any comments on that? Yeah, no. Uh, the, 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 those are all down. Uh, you know, it's happened before, but I think that the really big story this year has to do with the bond market sort of a thing. I assume you got some numbers there. I sure do, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'll let me actually, I don't, I don't usually, let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the, uh, I don't know if that's the small cap index. Um Anyway, uh, so yeah, the bond market, which I also have here, that's I think that was a, the biggest surprise. Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of folks, especially who are on the conservative side with their investments, this has been the one that's um, that's that's certainly more unusual. Uh, the Bloomberg U.S. aggregate bond uh, is down. Uh, just This is just year to date. It's actually down more if we go back into 2021. Um, just year to date, it's down 9.81%. So almost 10% over a, uh, a six-month time period at the beginning of 2022, which is a lot for the bond market. Yeah, it um, sure is. Yeah, and, and we've been, you know, we spend time obviously, you know, with... Uh, with clients of all of all different risk profiles, and so what we you know what we tend to do is we'll you know we'll show we'll have a meeting with one client and they may have an aggressive uh, account and they may have a conservative account, and normally in a bear market the conservative account holds up I think just a little bit better but the, you know this time around because you know the way that you get conservative for the most part in our industry is to add bond exposure uh, you know when you're when you're when your conservative stuff, or at least a lot of it, is down ten percent, that that can be a little bit eye-opening at times. And so it's been a it's been an interesting year, uh, half year here in the markets, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and 
it's it's tougher to have a diversified portfolio work if the bond stuff that always went up when the stock stuff goes down goes down with the stocks this time around. Right. So there were some relatively scary numbers people are looking at when they check their statements or their their returns basically because bonds are having a poor year and I suppose yeah. we could get into that longer term but not not a particularly rosy future for a few more years we're thinking if interest rates go higher but that's another story. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and I think you know one thing I have been pointing out is that the relationship at least to this point I mean it has held up, right? It, it's you know your your bonds have helped if you're in a if you're in a if you're in a balanced portfolio of any kind you you actually were better off uh, and and those bonds did mute your volatility it's just not they didn't do it quite to the degree that they you know that you would hope they would be as a as a conservative investor right a- anywhere kind of near a, the degree yeah mind the quite okay <laughs> it's still kind of a bummer yeah um, but hey that's you know that's the world we live in and, and every every bear market is different and you know when when you know we have a when we have rising interest rates to go along with volatile stock markets. Uh, there's just aren't that many places to hide. Certainly there are, you know, there are niches and pockets of the market that have done okay. But generally speaking, I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty, it's pretty comfortable to say that unless you're in, um, you know, and I'm going to pull up, you know, d- dividend paying stocks have actually been okay. Uh, you know, they, they've held up pretty well, but really nothing that's a, that's a major part of anyone's portfolio, generally speaking, uh, unless you're a very, very defensive investor has done all that well, right? I mean, if you, if you own a bunch of gold uh, and, and commodities, um, then, you know, I think maybe you're doing okay. But for the most part, uh, you know, most of the portfolios that we see that are built by professionals uh, tend to have relatively minor pieces in very, very defensive assets, right? If you're if you're in a managed futures fund, if you're in a gold fund, um, you know, if you're in a commodities fund, I think we regularly will see, you know, you might see 5% of your portfolio in that, but you, you know, most people don't have 50% in gold, right? Um, it's just, uh, or, or, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Lots of people do, but uh, when you look at you know, portfolios that are designed by kind of professionals with longer term outlooks. You just don't see a ton of assets in in, in those places. Yeah. You good with that statement? Yeah. Uh, and uh, are you going to talk about cash or shall I bring that up just uh, just for fun here? Sure, you can bring it up. I, I was not going to talk about cash, but... Yeah, yeah so, um, so uh, uh, another class of assets uh, uh, is basically cash, savings accounts, money market accounts, uh, short-term, very short-term treasury, stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, cash in previous bear markets has been a safe place to hide sort of a thing. And I guess you yeah. could make a point for, you know, on on the one hand, you know, cash is paying a half a percent or one percent or whatever the numbers are these days, uh, still really, really low. And yeah, uh, earnings, you know, a half a percent being down 15 in your portfolio a year to date or something like that. But, you know, the, the tricky part is that interest rates are so low, well, I'll just go to cash with all my money uh, and uh, I'll, you know, and I'll wait till the markets get better or whatever. But if, if you go, yeah. if you go to cash, uh, you know, and rates don't go much higher. You, you can't make a living for the rest of your life on one or two percent, not with inflation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever the heck the numbers are. So, so uh, the, the you know cash. You know, theoretically, investment advisors have a, a bias against using cash in your portfolio because most of us don't get paid for that, which is perfectly reasonable from our point of view. Well, yeah, we make a big deal about cash, and we want to make sure you have a slug of it in the bank so you can wade your way through a bear market and not have to worry about what goes on in your portfolio. 
portfolio. But but cash as part of an investment portfolio, I think, versus emergency reserves and your needs, I, I would draw the distinction, you know, between those differences for the use of cash. But, you know, you could go to cash because you're market nervous and bond nervous. And if interest rates only went up a percentage point or two, you'd be, you know, that, that's not going to help you out for the rest of your life, you know, with a short term down market sort of a thing. So it's there's like no place to hide just. I think you said it a little bit earlier. There, there, there really is not. Uh, and that leads to some other discussions about what you do about here going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it certainly has been, uh, you know, we have some, you know, we know some folks who have just sort of by happenstance have cash on the sidelines and it's, it's, you're, you've been relatively fortunate to this point, but you're right. It, it does not change the fact that uh, holding, ca- you know, even holding cash, Shorter term, you've done pretty well here, but uh, longer term, especially if you know, especially if inflation doesn't, you know, we, I think you and I would both probably guess that it will, it will come down off its pretty high levels where it is right now. But um, you know, even if it gets to, if it gets to five percent, uh, and your cash is still paying next to nothing, you're still going backwards, right? So it's not a, it's not a long, it's never, never has been a long term appreciation vehicle, and it's, it's, you know, good at, good at times, and now it's been one of those times, but that certainly is not going to last forever. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's a great uh, a great way to save for retirement. Yeah, right? it, and it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's interesting. And and this time around, uh, it's you know. So so the banks of the world, for some strange reason, they've moved up mortgage rates three, four, five percent. Okay, however, they only moved up cash rates a half a percent. So what they're lending their money. <laughs> you, know, you know, my point is that yeah. cash has not risen anywhere near as fast interest rate wise as the, as the the lending side of the bank equation. And uh, you know that's. That's kind of interesting, too, as a matter of fact. So you wonder, you know, you know I, I, I don't, who knows where rates are going to go, but cash should be higher than it is. But it's not, you know, from my, from my point of view. But it is what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's always a lag, right? So, you know, banks are not, you know, banks can't keep up with the inflation rate moves um, sort of by, um, you know, by supply and demand very sort of very purely, but um, banks have to make that decision on, you know, making their policy. Oh, what are we going to pay in, uh, you know, for our savings and for our checking and our CDs and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. certainly related to what's happening in the market, but you definitely will have a, a lag time with regards to it. I mean, my guess is, is that, you know, you, you know, you'll start to see that creeping up um, as I think, you know, money markets and, you know, shorter term investments, some of which we get involved in when we're stashing money for clients, but you know, for short term needs, uh, certainly have increased, right? Very, very short term US treasuries are, you know, sort of up in like the 1% ish range. Again, no, don't, don't exact, quote me exactly on this, but there, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not looking at any data point, but just um, over my various meetings and checking in from time to time, uh, very, very short term investments now in the treasury are, are getting up to the 1% range. Certainly if they continue to trend higher, uh, then, you know, the, the banks will have to play catch up because, you know, people are just going to go, you know, we, we get the, uh, where should I, where should I hide my cash question all the time. And anytime there's a, um, there's a Delta between what someone can get, you know, at, at, you know, in a short term bond fund or an ultra short bond fund and in their money market savings, they'll go ahead and move it. Uh, so, uh, the banks will, will certainly catch up and I wouldn't be surprised to see those trending up, uh, over the next couple of months here. 
uh, as long as uh, you know, as long as rates continue. Yeah. So the short story is that the the major asset classes, stocks, bonds, and cash, this time around, no place to hide. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, there are some people who. Uh, I would say lucked out because uh, own some things that have been doing okay, uh, like gold temporarily. By the way, long term it's been not, not so good. But uh, but by and large, the major places that people would go to invest money, no place to hide. So what we're kind of hoping for here is that everybody out there has plenty of emergency reserves to, to weather this storm. And folks who are taking income out of their portfolio, we hope you have a couple, two, three years of income tucked inside that portfolio so that you don't have to worry about what's going on. But that's another story too, right, Justin? That's right. Yeah, actually, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe gold isn't as, hasn't been uh, quite as profitable as I thought. I, I have... Uh, the S&P GSCI Gold Index, yeah. which I'll, I'll, I will cop to not exactly uh, knowing if that's the, the major uh, gold index out there because we don't do a ton with gold, yeah. uh, is is just about flat. It's yeah. down 2.5% for the year. Let me see what it's like over the one year. Is it, is it better? Yeah, and it's about flat. Um, again, that, still, that's that's relatively good, but it's not uh, yeah. certainly nothing to, to write home about um, based on you know the fact that the, you know, the, the equity markets are down 20%, right? Yeah, so we got about a minute or so, Jesse. So, so no place to hide, folks. Uh, and, and that's the way it is, sort of a thing. And hopefully you were prepared for it, sort of a thing. Jesse, you got some comments before we have to move on? We doing okay, Tim? Two minutes. I'm sorry. I'm ahead of time here with this clock. Okay. Well, two minutes. Uh, yeah. Let me, uh, yeah, I mean, let me, I think, I don't think, you know, there's just a few other assets that might be worth a mention right year to date. Um, Tips. The Bloomberg U.S. Tips Index actually is is uh, is negative. Uh, it's you know down eight percent. So even though inflation has been um, has been running pretty high, uh, tips certainly have trended up. Although there's you know there's a, there there are two. Uh, factors that go into the um, you know that affect the price of a tips one is obviously the you know what the inflation rate is because there's a there's a periodic adjustment uh, when you're owning a treasure when you own a treasury inflect, uh, inflation protected security that's the only one uh, people pay attention to right what's that that's the only one people pay that's attention the, yes. to yeah. Yeah, but they also have an interest rate over and above that inflation and so when you know when interest rates go up um, you know that you know they they, they can the go same, down yeah the, the prices go down so uh, but again. You know, you could you could also look at it and say, "Hey, eight percent—that's that's much better than my my." Uh, yeah. Minus eight percent is better than the bond. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> minus eight percent is again, better than minus ten percent. I say again, no place to hide. Basically, yeah. Or, okay. uh, high yield bonds are down about fifteen percent. So really, I mean, if you if you look across the spectrum, there really hasn't been much place to hide unless you've owned unless you uh, own a commodities fund, which have which have done sort of fairly well. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't again us like most other folks. We have you know some money in commodities funds in some of our portfolios, but it's, it's certainly not a major piece, right? It would, it would be great if, uh, if, um, you know, one of the funds that we had that was up, uh, you know, 20 or 30% was, uh, was 50% of our portfolio, but it's, it's not a prudent long-term investment to have that much money in commodities, generally speaking, because they're so volatile and, uh, have limited returns. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in the next, you know, uh, I just wanted to get this stage set here with regard to, you know, checking into where we were because when, when the, our next uh, our next piece, we're going to ask some questions about uh, where we should go and, and most, most importantly, what we should do based on what's happened. Um, and so I think we're, uh, we're, we'll get a pretty good stage set for that. How much time we got left? I don't uh, have the clock there. The, just, the official about, clock is in. Just about nothing. Here. We're leaving. Time for break. 
This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. You're listening to McNamara on Money. And my uh, guest, son-in-law, a son-in-law, son, business partner, <laughs> Justin, is sitting here with me today. Sorry about that, Justin. No worries. Uh, you're still in the will. Okay, no worries. Oh. <laughs> no worries. And, and listen, folks, I think we spent the first uh, half an hour of this show basically saying that there's been no place to hide if you're a a conventional, sensible investor with a well-diversified portfolio, and uh, it's it's just the way it is. Uh, and so now that perhaps we've got you to the resignation point of view, that's the way it is. There's not much I can do about it. Well, there is a lot of there are a lot of things you can do about it. We're going to talk about some of those right now. Uh, but you know, we hope that before this all happened, you have a slug of money in emergency reserves that would take care of some things during bad times so that you wouldn't have to liquidate your investments. And we hope that if you were taking income from your portfolio, inside your portfolio, you had at least a couple of years worth of income set aside so you wouldn't have to worry about what we're going through. We'll, we'll come out the other side of here sooner or later, but uh, if, you, if you can wait it out and be in a financial position to do so, that's the best place to be, and, and we hope you are. By the way, Justin, very quickly, I, I Googled savings rates across the country before okay. we leave, okay? And uh, this is, <laughs> so, okay, th this is basically money markets and savings, okay? Yep. UFB Direct, I don't, don't know who those are, 1.66%. Yeah. Okay. Bask Bank, B-A-S-K, 1.61%. I don't know those guys either. Uh, CIT Bank, 1.35%. Lending Club, 1.26%. Citizens, 1.25%, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, 1.5% is the top of the pyramid, and most every place else is around 1, plus or minus. Folks, if you, yeah. earn, if you earn 1 or 2% on your money for the rest of your life, and inflation is 4 or 5%, I have a, a bad news announcement for you. That's, that's not a good place to be long term. So, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, all right, my son. Yeah, I well, yeah. The one the one month Treasury is up at uh, is now up over. It's one point two eight percent. At yeah. least I have that as of um, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, no place so yeah, to would, hide. So, yeah. So what can we do about up, it? Coming. No place to hide, folks. Okay. So, Jess, what do you want to talk about? Ready to get into the outline? Yeah. Do you want? I don't. I, do you want to hop around in this thing, or do you want to? Like, let's uh, go. Take... Let's go in order. I think, and we get okay. the, the, do the big picture first, but but not spend a whole lot of time on it because we want to get down to the. This is what you should be doing. No, folks, there are, there, you know, we like to say there are some things that you can't control and there are things that you can control. And we're going to spend the next uh, hour and a half or so talking about things that you might be able to do to kind of come out the other side of this in not so bad shape or better shape, kind of given the circumstances. So, all right, so uh, war in the Ukraine. What are your comments, my son? Hang on. Oh. I wanted to point out that cause we, we usually don't get to the end of our line, but... 
uh, at the end of our outline, you, know, you have, uh, I am fed up, I am moving to a red or blue state. So I, I just want to point out for, for, the, for the benefit of the audience that that's where we're going if we, uh, if we get through all of our other material. I, so, I can't wait to hear what your comments so, are on that. So we should go. Actually, you're going to be surprised, I think. <laughs> but we'll, we might not ever get there. I, I put that zinger in there because I knew you'd pick up on that, by the way. All right. So your take on the war in the Ukraine as it affects us, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... Shorter term, I mean, this goes into the um, any any type of a geopolitical event, even one that's, especially ones that that really aren't terribly predictable. They're just the kind of thing that you have to deal with. I think you know when you're when you're managing money, right? Or at least the way that we manage money, which is uh, with a longer term time horizon, right? If you're a, if you're a day trader and and you're you know you're uh, trying to predict very very short term market moves, then I think the war in Ukraine is probably something that you. Uh, would would want to pay attention to in our in our case it's not that, not as if we don't pay attention to it but uh, when you get into stuff like this where where the where it's unpredictable and it's sort of driven by human intervention and it's it's so impactful kind of on a global level on a, you know on a, on a geopolitical level it's the kind of thing that it's it's very very difficult to plan for and to make adjustments to right because you know in theory you could say all right well hey this is the war in Ukraine and there's you know you know this, 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 that, and the other thing is going to happen, right? The Ukraine is, uh, they're a big agricultural producer and it's going to affect agriculture prices. And, uh, you know, there's going to be all kinds of energy issues because uh, the U.S. isn't, uh, you know, isn't dealing with Russian oil. Um, you certainly can do that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the end point is pretty unpredictable. And in theory, right? Nor, nor was the beginning up. point, by the way, right? Okay. What's that? <laughs> nor was the beginning point, basically. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Even though, right. So, yeah, the beginning point. And just to go back for everyone's uh, for everyone's recollection, right? You know, Russia was amassing troops on the Ukrainian border for you know for months and months, and you know it's it sort of still caught everybody off guard because you know the world said they're not actually going to do this, are they? And turns out they they most certainly did. So it wasn't even even as Russia you know put their you know was was <laughs> preparing for war on the border of Ukraine, it still wasn't. Uh, you know, kind of, it still wasn't settled that they were actually going to invade, and we were going to actually have to deal with all these things. So it's it's the the predictability of this stuff is is so difficult. You know that to our minds, you just try not to try not make, to do that. Yeah, you try not to make too many changes based on what you think is going to happen because of the lack of predictability. That that was well said, my son. Very well oh, said. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, short term events are perfectly random and perfectly unpredictable, and the moment you understand that, you can get started with a, a sensible, diversified investment portfolio with a long-term view and go from yeah. there. So. I mean, I, I, I do. You know, I, I don't know how. I don't know if you have anything on the on the shorter-term issues, right? If, if you, you know, I'm going to pull up the inflation yeah. right here. If I, 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 I do US. while you go while you go in there. So I, I read a few weeks ago, and this makes sense. And and I, I guess this is a comment, not a criticism. Yeah. The, the war on the Ukraine is in the Ukraine is our third biggest worry in this country. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What are the first two? We'll take a guess. Uh, is abortion one right now? When, when Inflation was this, when and was interest rates. We worry about okay. our pocketbooks. 
Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. As as a country, we're a consumer-driven economy. Of sure. Okay. Yeah. There was a poll out I read on Yahoo a News a while back ago, Yahoo Finance, that the the war in the Ukraine. It, it's like not. It doesn't affect most Americans, other than when it comes to gas prices and maybe the a, a bowl of Cheerios with the wheat. I'm not sure about that. But but the the bottom line is we're worried about interest rates and we're worried about inflation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so. It's uh, that's that's just a comment that was from a poll sort of a thing. So I think you know, if because it's so far away, you know, we, sure we, it's uh, it's a tragedy and we hope it's over, yada yada yada. But you know, in, in our, our our consciousness, we're more worried about the price of gasoline, okay, or what we're getting on our savings account, or, or what we have to borrow for a mortgage. That, that's yeah. just, that's just a statement. That's not a yeah. value judgment. But anyway, so so no, okay. Um, Nope. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's sad. And uh, we move on. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, longer term, right? So the, the you know, the reaction to the particular event of uh, the war in Ukraine, I don't, I don't think there's a lot you probably should be doing with your investment strategy necessarily. You know, you, you can, you know, if you view the war in Ukraine as sort of a, as a part of a wider split between, you know, uh, sort of East versus West or, you know, democracies versus autocracies, you know, you, you might be able to make a case uh, for some adjustment in either your outlook and, and maybe potentially various investment strategies, right? I mean, if you, if you just took a look at the, uh, you know, kind of the, let's just say the inflation rate, right? If you look, if you look uh, back to the 1980s, uh, we've had very, very low inflation. And, you know, essentially you could, you could make a pretty good argument that the rise of globalization has kept prices down sort of across the board, right? Because there's, you know, there's always another country that has, uh, you know, a, a lot of workers who are willing to work at relatively low wages. And, you know, we can, you know, capital is moving, you know, freely about the globe. And there's, you know, it's just, it's just hard to get an inflationary environment yeah. in, you with, know, with, as... With productivity increases as well, th- thrown into that... that that's thing. right. You know, yep. You know, if, if, and if, if, you know, if the Chinas and the, uh, and the Russias of the world start moving away from the United States and the Europe's of the world, you know, that, that whole thing gets more difficult, right? I mean, you, you know, obviously we've seen, uh, you know, supply chain issues. We've seen issues where, you know, the, you know, the Russians um, are selling all kinds of energy to the Europeans and they maybe don't want to necessarily rely on that because, well, hey, if, if Russia is going to be a, you know, not going to be a good actor in, um, you know, in the world here, maybe they don't want to rely on Russia for their energy, right? So you you could certainly see a, you know, kind of a fracturing of the world on, you know, on, on various lines. And if that does happen, you might, you, you might, you know, sort of credibly say to yourself, well, hey, uh, you know, one of the things that keep was keeping inflation down was the fact that, you know, money could just go anywhere in the world and it could, you know, you could find a, you know, a low wage base to work and low prices and, uh, but if that's not going to be the case anymore, you might, you, you know, you might want to readjust your inflation expectations, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you know, n- neither you or I are sitting here predicting that inflation is going to run at eight and a half percent forever. Uh, but is it going to be the one or two percent that it was, uh, you know, for, you know, the one or two or three percent that it was for, you know, the most of the 80s, 90s, 2010, you know, aughts and tens? I, I don't, I don't know that that would be the case. That might be a reasonable thing to at least think of, right? Yeah, or, or buy more defense stocks. <laughs> well, that's not we don't. That's not something that we I, would do. I, I, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the point we're trying to make here, folks, is even longer-term events are unpredictable, or did you want to bet your right. retirement on thinking about what's going to happen in the global uh, you know, s- scene uh, for the next few years? Uh, you know, p- probably not. You know, that, that, that just doesn't work for most people listening here. In fact, probably just yep. about all people listening here today. All right, you want to move on from, yeah. from Ukraine? Yeah, okay. So, inflate. you want to talk about inflation? or? Sure. Yeah, okay. So This, is, uh, this was your question. So, you sure. said, uh, what can yeah. I do about inflation? Well, so yeah, I'll, what, I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. Sure. Uh, what, what you can do is adjust your life if you need to. Uh, you know, people, and people are doing that. Uh, you know, I read an article the other day about uh, folks down in uh, Green Harbor, my, my local harbor down here, and where a lot of folks are traveling less on their boats this year and having parties at the dock uh, to save on fuel. And, uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I saw, I had a piece I could read here, but the short story is that people are now doing all kinds of things to kind of adjust their expenses, okay? Uh, less uh, less desirable cuts of meat are hot, are hot selling items these days in grocery stores. Uh, so, yeah, what, what you can do about inflation is you can't do much about controlling it, but you can, within your life, you know, look at your budget. You could look at, uh, you know, where you're spending money and you can say, geesh, I don't know, did... Did I run up my charge card bill because uh, inflation's costing me money? Or, or you know, may, may, maybe I have to start cutting someplace to make it all work sort of a thing. So, so that's what you do about inflation. I mean, uh, n- n- nobody can control it. Uh, and and you know, we can blame the government and rant and rave and jump up and down. But, you know, I either uh, you, you adjust to it or you get yourself in more trouble uh, by not doing that. So, you know, have people looked at their budget? Have people reviewed where their money is going? Uh, you know, do you really need to trim? I mean, you can hate inflation, but if it doesn't affect you because your your income is larger than your expenses to begin with, maybe, maybe you don't worry about too much, at least in the short term. So I, I, I think proactive is... Take a look at what your expenses are. See where you're spending money. Uh, maybe people are delaying vacations or changing the locations of vacations. There's lo- lots of ways to do that, and, and I'm and I'm sure that uh, some people, many people, are doing that right now, given the circumstances. You know, the the energy. I think the gasoline prices and the f- the diesel fuel prices. Uh, you know, that that they give people cause to think about how to, to rearrange things. You know, just I d- I did see a. An interesting article the other day, you know, that during COVID, lots of folks bought mobile homes and uh, traveling campers, whatever. Do you know anyone? Uh, Yeah, several people. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And, and you know, they wanted to do self-contained vacations where it was safe. And now you you turn around and it costs five bucks to buy a gallon of gas with one of these things. And (laughs) so now you've got these tremendous... Uh, gasoline hogs that you thought was a great idea a year and a half ago, and you might be rethinking that now, sort of a thing. So, uh, inflation just goes back to where you're where you're expending money, and hopefully, if you do have to cut things, it's on the discretionary side, uh, you know, as opposed to basic subsistence needs for that, that people have. So, that that's, yeah. that's my comment. You, you deal with it as best you can, and pay attention to your finances. You know, if you're running up charge card bills because you haven't adjusted your expenses for inflation, that, that ain't a bad place, that ain't a good place to be, folks. I mean, it's just, just as, as simple as that. Uh, you know, you need to monitor and watch and think about those things, not just rave about it. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, you know, I think we should point out the, 
the the average client that certainly that we're working with has uh, has much more of an ability to cut expenses, yep. right? Just, yep. just you know, for for folks who are uh, you know just getting by, uh, inflation is uh, is I would say probably much more much more painful. But yep. if you know. Um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to point no, that I, out. So I, we're I not did mention that that yeah, being, it, yeah, I know there are some there are many people that are affected by that and they don't have any room to work on that. Yeah. that's awful. Well, I I, I I don't we don't have any answers for that. I, I I don't know how you I don't know how you solve that problem short term. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think you know, that that sort of dovetails in with something that we'll touch on a little bit later on. I think is is kind of the the dynamic. You know, well, we have sort of we have inflation right now. We also have a lousy stock market, and that kind of dovetails against uh, into one of the kind of the hot topics in the financial planning world, which is uh, you know the so this is probably not maybe maybe a little bit too in the weeds, but um, you know when we're running our Monte Carlo analysis, right, and making and making long term retirement projections, um, they they do not factor in people's, you know, dynamic spending changes, you know, relating to specific events, right? So, you know, you, hey, you wait, just tell tra- the... Translate that, will you? For right. out loud. That was... You tell the computer <laughs> how much I, I'm going to spend, and then the computer says, okay, here's your spending, what's the inflation? And then it just, you know, if it's a 3% inflation, it just spends 3% more every year. And it's doing its math based on, you know, yeah. when we're making long-term projections, we have to, you know, factor in inflation. Um, but what the computer does not factor in is, well, hey, when there's inflation or when there's you know a lousy stock market, um, people tend to adjust their spending out of necessity. And so you know I think the you know doing that, people are certainly doing that with regards to you know inflationary pressures and and, and also uh, with regard to you know maybe hey um, my my spending plan had me uh, spending at four percent of my nest egg, and now my nest egg is down. So I'm going to make some adjustments to my spending there as well if I can. So um, yeah, people are are certainly able to make some changes, and uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that I think in the next in the next segment on what you know yeah. what changes you might make. Yeah, et cetera. If I, just if I get in trouble, I just want you to know that your inheritance might suffer if inflation <laughs> catches up with me. So make it so no, you're you're making dynamic adjustments <laughs> to reduce your spending, and there. And you know, you'll have more to come back when the recovery hits. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> um, okay, then one, one more big okay, global question or maybe, well, it is global actually. So yeah. uh, if we have a recession, what's what's my biggest worry or what do I do? I, 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 uh, I get the biggest chuckle. Recessions are just corrections because the economy got too hot because we got yeah. too greedy and bought too many things anyway. And folks, in a perfect world, we'd have a really slowly growing economy and everything would be hunky dory and we wouldn't have any highs and we wouldn't have any lows. But the the reason we have a recession every once in a while is we got a little carried away doing things, okay, or a little greedy or you know bought some houses maybe we couldn't afford when the when the world turns around things like that. Uh, and so it's a it's, it's an awful thing to have a recession. Well. Unfortunately, they're fairly normal, okay, because they're just getting us back to normal uh, in terms of the mean of how we live our lives and yada, yada, yada. But the, the, but the bottom line is, I, I'm thinking about it, okay, and so in a recession, the biggest risk is being unemployed. Right. I mean, that, 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 you know, if you happen to be retired, I think you have less of a worry about a recession than if you happen to be working. Because, you know, my guess is the biggest disadvantages 
you know, companies start laying off people and they start slowing down their manufacturing or providing the services because the economy is slowing down. So I, I, I think for most others, so let's see. So things might be a little harder to get from an inventory point of view because people aren't making as many things, Justin. You're, you're good with that? I mean, so so prices might go up yep. a little bit from a supply and demand, but but if the yep. demand went down and people are minding their P's and Q's, I, I'm not sure how that works. What uh, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, the recessions may you know, it's one of those things that the that the news loves to you know sort of trumpet. Are we going to? Yeah. You know, are we in a recession? Are we going to have a recession? I, I think that your point is right. It's, it doesn't. What's it mean for me? What's it as mean long for as me? you don't lose your job, yeah. tend to not be all that material. Yeah. From a you know for, for the I would guess say for the average person, right? So you know, as of you know, let me just say as of right now, the U.S. unemployment rate is about three point six percent. So you know, sort of still historically low from a um, you know from a from an employment rate point of view. And so I, as of right now, it's not a major. Right, it's not a major issue. But if we do go into recession, yes, lots of do, you know, lots of people do lose their jobs, and for those people, it's it, it's very very difficult. However, you know, if you're not one of those people, there's there's all kinds of stuff that's going on around you, but it's really not. It doesn't necessarily affect you personally all that much. Uh, at least not as much as I guess I I guess I would say maybe is not as much as the media might make it out to. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're 45 years old and we go through a recession and you're lucky enough to keep your job and to maintain your salary. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on around you and the stock market, the stock market may be down. Um, but, you know, that may probably doesn't affect you all that much since you're not going to retire for another 15 or 20 years, right? It's, yeah. It makes big news, but the, you know, the impact on, let's just say the average person, um, you know, even if we go from unemployment of uh, three and a half to seven and a half, that's going to be tragic for a lot of folks, but uh, you know, that you still have the other 92 and a half percent that are, that are still working. So I, I, I don't know that we worry too too much about it. I think it it probably gets is uh, it probably gets more more play than it deserves. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. The, know. You know, the, Maybe we're being insensitive again, though. That, uh, we, we tend to do that. Uh, well, if it if it's actually true, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. By the way, that how does it affect me? Question it also applies for bear markets. Well, you know, while, while we're on the subject, I mean, yeah. uh, Oh my gosh. Well, my assets. Uh, I, I don't think I told you this story, but I had a client in last week, and uh, the, the client was uh, a little concerned about money, and was, they, they called up and basically said said to the lovely Miss Mary Beth, I, I think I'm I'm down. I had 100000 in my portfolio. I'm nervous. I want to talk to Mike. And uh, she came in, and I, I did some math, and she was actually temporarily down a couple hundred thousand dollars, Justin, which is a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> And must, must have been nice news to give her. Uh, no, it, actually, it was a very good meeting. It went very yeah. fine. And at the end of the meeting, I, I, I said to this lady, so, so when you were in high school and just got out of school, got your first job, did you ever think that you'd be rich enough someday to be kind of a little bothered about the fact that temporarily your portfolio was shrunk by $200,000 and that that's only like 12% of your money and gee, she must have made a lot of money. That other 88% is looking pretty good. So, you know, did you ever think that you were wealthy enough to, to have that problem? Okay, and, you know, it, it didn't affect her. It, it yeah. Sort of a thing. So that, that, that money, although it's obviously a scary amount of money when you think about it, her, her life didn't change a hoot and she's in great position to, to, to do whatever she wants, sort of a thing. So, you know, the, the, the big question I'm trying to 
point out here is that how does it affect you? Okay, right. and if the answer is not much, well, that's good. You know, don't be quite so stressed about it. That's all. Right. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's that's obviously a, you know, that, that's one example, and it's great if you know we, you're, we we would consider yourself you should consider yourself lucky. I think if the you know if the market doesn't impact you. Yeah. At all, uh, you know, because there are certainly some folks who it who it does impact, right? I mean, if you're if you're spending, uh, if you're relying on a portfolio for income, and you're and you you know you sort of need, you know, either right at the top of what is a reasonable return expectation, or maybe even above it, and you're sort of hoping for a great return uh, on your investments to you know to kind of bail you out of a of a, a difficult um, economic situation. Um, in those cases. You know, markets like this can be very, very difficult and, and obviously very, very psychologically impactful for you. So, I mean, not everyone is in, I'm sure not everyone is in a, as good a situation as uh, as this lady that you were just I, I, talking No, about. I, I understand so. that. But, but but my point was, in, in what manner or degree does, right. does it affect you? By the way, and, and that kind of leads into our next half hour segment here of, you know, the, you know, the, the planning, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, thinking about life, you know, for, for, for the folks who are more worried about that, would you agree that they probably had a more aggressive assumption about their ability to retire and be okay? Uh, then, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly. You know, I I actually would would tell you that I think a lot of the a lot of what drives those conversations maybe is more psychological. And I, you know, I, I will often, you know, when which we'll get into in the next segment. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about some clients who you know, might want to consider some changes based on what's happening in the markets. And then there are, you know, there are other clients who, you know, I, I've had meetings and discussions like that as well, which is, oh, you know, hey, portfolio's down. Um, you know, does it matter? You know, I think I had a, a conversation with a client who's, who's, who's literal time frame on needing any of their money was never, right? Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. You know, there are some folks who just, their investments are essentially just you know, because they didn't, they had too much money and they, they saved it and it's going to all be left to their kids anyway. By the way, either uh, they had you know, too much money or too little expenses, either one, oh, yeah. right? Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's not, you know, and, and, but the psychology of, of seeing, you know, your money drop, I think it's more, I think it's more maybe personality driven. Um, and so I certainly have the, had those conversations with both, yeah. with both sets of folks. Yeah, it, it's there's the reality and then there's the emotional part of it. You're right. Uh, um, yeah. Did you ever take any psychology courses in college, by the way? I think I took maybe one uh, freshman year, so I don't. I didn't. I didn't keep a ton of it. Uh, so does that brain. does that help you uh, in in meetings with clients? I you know I don't think I remember. <laughs> I don't. If I had maybe multiple courses, I might have recalled yeah. what exactly was said. But yeah. I never had one, and sometimes I kind of wish I had two or three to, but, 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 but yeah, the, the point is, in the reality of your financial life, how's it going? We're, we're about on a break here, uh, yeah. and, and if it doesn't materially affect you, you're in a lot better shape, okay? Or if it only has a minor effect, you're in a whole, whole lot better shape, and maybe it's not so bad from a stress point of view, that's all. Mm-hmm. 